This week we have Harry Charles in the studio with me. Harry is a really attractive man and an extremely uh, talented musician hailing from New Zealand. We also had a really sick live jam in my studio and that's also going to be live on SoundCloud now. So you can go and check out Boomala on SoundCloud to get my set with Temple and the live jam with Harry. Um, and yeah, on the podcast platforms, um, at the moment, I'm just on Spotify and on Apple Music. So without further ado, here is my talk with Harry Charles. Yeah, Harry Charles. Hello. Thanks Thanks for being on the pod. Second episode, right? Keeping it real. Yeah, yeah. Bringing it, bringing it for the freshness for the of fr- the podcast. Freshness. I, I can't guarantee any freshness, but um, yeah, very happy to have you, bro. Thank you, dude. How are you? Who are you? So I am, well, that's a good question. Um, I'm from New Zealand originally, and uh, I am a person who spends most of their time making music. Yeah. Most of the time. I always find it funny when it's, when you call yourself a musician. There's this weird sort of like, it has a tone to it. That makes you sound like an asshole sometimes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm a musician. It's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Like, I mean, <clears throat> to be honest, like, I don't know. Like, most of the time I, like, prefer telling people, like, I do audio post-production. That's cool. You know? Like, I, like I, it feels like, yeah, when you say you're a musician, it's like, oh, you're just some washout. Yes. Although my bank account's starting to reflect yeah, that. Yeah, but, but that shouldn't. That shouldn't reflect. I had this thought the other day. Then oh, I'll come back to it. Doesn't matter right now, but something to do with how the money you're, you you shouldn't class your what you call success based on what money you make. It should be the experiences and the knowledge you have as that thing that you do. Like if you're a musician, if you don't make a lot of money but you know a lot about it, that should be classed as like important steps in your career when you have valuable lessons that you don't actually make money from so you learn something yeah yeah totally but unfortunately like you can't pay, pay health insurance no god damn <laughs> yeah it's one of those things dude but here we are <laughs> yeah uh, so harry harry charles um I, i'm trying to think where where like where i met you the first time like, can you remember when we met each other? I remember not exactly the moments, but it was 2015 and it was the those days we were busking at Warschauerstrasse. Remember. I and you were always everybody was always like on the Warschauerstrasse U-Bahn vibe yes. and I was always on the S-Bahn yes. and it was still like You're on the corner of the, the bridge. Yeah, that on was the S-Bahn. That was the vibe. Was it good? It was good. Really? It was it was good. It was really good actually. It was way better for me than an Uban because the Uban would just smelled like piss and everybody yeah. was queuing there to like yeah, try yeah, and yeah. try and busk. Yeah, it was it was busy. It was a busy spot. But I feel like there was more there was more of a space for people to 
hang out on. It was definitely like the party central. It was definitely more of like a, a hang for other people. You know, the bus, the bus, busking on S-Bahn was more like, you know, like with busking, like I, I like classify busking, like, like that there are like three different kinds of buskers. Right. There's like, there's like the, the people that are like professional buskers, you know, but they're not necessarily like musicians. They like have like a whole repertoire of songs and they yes. can play like, you yes. know, they can do it pretty decently and they do their thing, you know, it's yeah. very like much, they, it's like a trade, you know, and yeah. the, what they do is they busk, they play on the streets. You like that guy that dyes his hair at like Hakushimak, you know, Stephen Paul Taylor. <laughs> but uh, um, there's that. <laughs> Shout and, out to Stephen Paul Taylor. Stephen Paul Taylor. And then there's like people like that, that beg with an instrument. Like that lady that plays yes. the accordion also at Hunger yes. Marks. What's yes. her name? That, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know her name. <laughs> James. James knows her name. Yes, yeah, he had some interactions with her. And then there's like musicians that use like this the street as a stage. You know. Yeah, busking for me when I before I moved to Berlin, which was in 2014, um, I looked at busking as a beggar's task, more or less. You know, I remember seeing my guitar teacher from high school I saw him one day he was outside playing guitar and busking on the street and I remember thinking hey like what are you homeless no yeah. but that's the kind of connotation I had um but I also grew up in a small town so there wasn't a lot of busking things anyway um but it wasn't yeah it wasn't until I moved here that it became such a thing yeah dude I mean I remember once like coming going home from busking and there was like a, a beggar guy, mm. but like he, you know, like with the, like one of those young, young beggar guys, like not like too deep in. And he essentially asked me like, how much money did you make begging today? And I was like, fuck you, dude. I like <laughs> fucking, I did something for this money. And how much did you make? I wonder. At that time, probably not a lot. I don't know. It went okay at times. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think, I mean, so, so Harry, for those of you that don't know, Harry is like an extremely skilled uh, guitarist, first and foremost, I'd say. Like you've sessioned for quite a bunch of people or you're multi-instrumentally very good musicians. So like you've been asked to play for many people. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm not that. So like, I don't know if I'd make That's as fine, much money as you, you on the street. <laughs> Only I can be me. You yeah. have to be you. Yeah. Um, yeah, gu guitar has... Um, Guitar has been my, the tool that I've used to kind of just work my way through life in the last few years, especially. Well, since I was a kid, actually. Um, I started playing very early when I was about six or seven. Um, my dad and my dad's side of the family are all very musical. So his brothers and sisters all are musicians, not professionally, but we're very passionate about it and very talented as well. And so I grew up in a realm of, of people playing guitar all the time, all of the family gatherings. Um, there wasn't, I mean, there'd be a stereo sometimes, sure, but a lot of the time there'd just be two guitars and everyone's just playing and singing songs. Um, and so naturally I wanted to play guitar and I still remember, you know, fantasizing about it before I actually started. Like just the look of it, everything looked so nice. And of course my dad and my uncles were doing it. And then it was... Um, and then it was only a matter of time, I guess, until I picked it up. And there was a lady at my school, her name was Geraldine Harvey, Mrs. Harvey, and she taught guitar lessons. And my sister was already going to these guitar lessons every Thursday at lunchtime to this small school of like 80 kids. So there'd be 
10 or 15 kids learning guitar every Thursday at lunchtime. And so my sister was like, going... Like group classes? Yeah, like group guitar, because it was a Catholic primary school. Okay. So everyone would, you know, you'd learn the songs so that when you go to church, you can play guitar, <laughs> which is what I was... This is, this is, this is how guitar yeah, started. Yeah, sure did. I also played in a church band. It's point. a great place to learn how to play music. Um, but so she was giving lessons, and then my dad obviously encouraged me to go, so he would teach me a few chords before I went. And I remember learning like D and G. And then going to the lessons. And so it was a very early love affair. Um, and then I just got better at it because I just loved it. So I just did it a lot. And uh, I remember the day where my teacher, where Mrs. Harvey was demonstrating how she could play the chords without look, what she could change chords without looking at them. <laughs> and I remember she, she said some, something like, she's like, and you know, you'll get to the stage where you can, you'll be able to move your hands without having to look at them. And I remember looking at her with the guitar on my arms, being able to do what she was doing without looking. I was seeing what course she was doing, and I was like, okay, I can do that. G, D, E minor, C. Yeah, yeah I can do all this. And then um, another day it was uh, my friend Liam, Liam Carriage, came to school. And he just goes, bro, 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 like, look at it, look at this, look at this, look at this. And then he goes, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and I remember going, oh, my God. It was a it was a mind bending moment because uh, I assume the music that you were learning songs. was not cool. Just yeah, like, yeah, just sure. seeing yeah. you, you know, like our Father who art in heaven, hello be thy name. <laughs> kind of, that was a good one because that was E minus C and B seven. Oh, nice B seven, uh, little flavor woo, flavor in there. <laughs> God damn! Sorry, don't want to put the Lord's name in vain when I'm describing music, but I will. Um, but so he came to school and showed me Seven Nation Army and I kind of freaked out. And I remember asking him how he learned it. And he just said, I just listened to it. Yeah. You know? And I remember thinking, wow, that's a good, that's a good thing to think about. But what a funny thing, like just to like go on a tangent about listening. It's like, mm -hmm. um, I think both of us are gifted with like quite a good ear. And like, so like, I love I'm, my ears. Yeah. I'm also very grateful. And they, they do get in the way sometimes because they kind of yes. make, make you bypass your brain. Yes. Like, um, so you like tend to just feel it out rather than think about it or really understand. But like, how weird is it for, like, it's so difficult for me to like fathom people not having that. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it was actually quite a long journey for me to like realize how many different layers and like degrees of musicality there is, you know? Yes. Cause like you can have somebody that's like completely competent, like completely musical, actually completely musical enough to like have like a career as a musician, but like maybe doesn't have a good sense of rhythm or maybe doesn't have a good sense of like melody or like at least the way of like conveying it through the voice or, or something. It's just yeah, like, yeah. And there was like a time in my life where I was super like, um, what do you say? Like super, I don't know. I don't know how you'd say it, but like just shit person thinking that like, oh yeah, if you can't sing, then, then you're not musical. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a, that sounds like a youthful thought. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like you were a young, a young buck when you said that, which yeah. is, it's not true. No, not you at don't, all. You don't have to have that. Many people have different strengths when it comes to music. Um, but if if your heart's in it, you know you can you can definitely do it. Yeah, but, there, but yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a handy thing to have if yeah. you have if you can hear things and you know you can hear the chords, you can hear 
melody or harmony and you can hear rhythm. That's a very handy tool. Yeah, totally. But it's not totally necessary. I mean, we're entering um, into like a, quite an interesting age with music and music production where like there's people that like, I mean, people who are really great producers and musicians that we really admire, yeah. both of us, um, and who are friends that can't actually play an instrument. Yes. You know, like, I don't know if Lucas is like pr- extremely proficient in instrument. I know Felix is also not like a big player, you know, like right. in terms of instruments, but like very good arrangers and composers yeah, yeah, somehow, yeah. you it's, know. It's a brain, it's a brain mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Musical brain and musical heart, musical soul. Sounds kind of yuppie, but it's 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 true. You know, you don't need to be a skilled instrumentalist to be able to put it all together. But yeah, the computer, when the computer comes into it, it's a whole different story um, because you have to kind of take off your musician hat and put on your engineer's hat. Yeah, it gets in the way sometimes. Put on your lab coat. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a lot. Well, we'll get there. I still want to <clears throat> I still want to know about this guitar thing. Like are you okay. are you like so are you the best leather bee? Uh, <laughs> like like no, I'm not the best leather bee. In terms of guitaring, is there a better guitar player? For sure, my cousin Jade. He's yeah. better than you? I haven't played guitar with him in a while, but when I was growing up learning how to play, my cousin Jade um was playing guitar incredibly well and he also listened and learnt by ear and so I remember every time we went to their house he'd always be like oh I'll check this out and he would just play all this stuff and I remember thinking oh my god how do you um, how do you do this so he would always show me things and it would always be funny things like I remember one day he showed me the Mission Impossible theme song and then he was showing me how to play Limp Biscuit, and then some Michael <laughs> Jackson <laughs> thing <laughs> you know um, but he's he's a phenomenal phenomenal guitarist musician he's also an amazing bass player um, I would just say that I'm the one who's had the opportunity to really kind of dig away at this love of music and try and make a career out of it. Um, oh, you've created the opportunity. Yes. What do you mean? I mean, one, one, I mean, I understand what you're saying. You're being humble, but like, yes. there's like also having come to Berlin wasn't in itself a choice. No. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. But I, I was able to, you know, whereas my cousins, and they didn't quite, I don't know if they did have the right push to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky in that sense, because if Jade had the chance to do this, he would, I mean, he's still incredible and he's, he's working on music right now in Australia. Um, but there's also my uncle Eamon, who's an incredible bass player. Um, he's been playing bass since he was I don't know, eight or nine or something because all of his brothers and sisters, he was the youngest in the family on my dad's side. And everyone played guitar in the family. So he decided to play bass and he got really good at it. And he's an incredible bass player. Um, and uh, when I was playing bass in a band for a while, he helped me out a lot to like understand what it was. And I remember him saying, never use a pick. And you should get a five string. <laughs> you should get it's <laughs> like classic, you know, classic bass player guy. It's like don't ever use it. He's like up here, holds his bass super high, yeah, slaps sick. incredibly. He's just all over the place. Um, you know, he showed me the Victor Wooten and all these kind of people. Um, but yeah, the Leatherbees have a musical bone. That's for sure. I think, um, and I actually can't wait to pass it on to my niece who's six years old, she's already kind of singing and playing instruments and she knows what major chords are and minor chords are. She knows wow, that minor six. chords, yeah, she's six. She's like minor chords, she knows that they sound sad and scary and that major chords sound happy. Wow. I was Skyping with her 
a few weeks ago and um, she was playing the keyboard and I was playing guitar through the phone, obviously. And she was kind of, she was playing something and I was trying to play along with her and she was kind of really interacting with it. She's not shy. She's, she's already really into it. Wow. The last time I was in New Zealand was 2018 and I played a little show in our hometown and she got up and wanted to get on the mic and was fearless in a way. So I hope to, she's going to be basically just going to make money from her. <laughs> just gonna, okay. You're going to, you're going to like manage her, get in the Mickey just Mouse gonna, club. Just going like, to turn her into a pop star and then okay. just reap the benefits. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, sick dude. Wow. That's really cool. But I, I, I assume then that you have like, a lot of moral support from your family as yes. well. Like, I mean, they understand what, what you're sure, about. For sure. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they, they, they definitely have supported it the whole way because um, they believe in it. But I think they also think it's a lot more dreamy than what it actually is, you know, because I, when, they, when I talk to them, I'm always positive about it because it's what I love doing. But uh, they don't see all the struggles in between. Yeah, <laughs> all of like um, the moments where I think, "Oh God, I'm so broke." And, and they don't, they do don't know how late the health insurance is. Yeah, or like, dude, or like, like who you owe money, or you know. But they're they're proud and they're stoked. And my dad's always kind of like, "Oh, I've got a gig next weekend down at the pub." Yeah, me and Greg are going to go sing some tunes. I was learning how to play, uh, you know, whatever. Of that that new Maroon Five song, you know the one. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing, dude. Yeah, he's funny. He's really into it. Um, but I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without him, you know. Yeah, dude. Same, same for my my oh, really? pops. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, not that my my pops is not musical or my my mom's side's the musical uh-huh. side. Like my my grandma was a music teacher, so all the uh-huh. all the kids played music. Uh-huh. Um, my dad can keep a tune. I don't think there's like I think there's some degree of musicality that comes from that side. But dude, my dad's like favorite thing to do in the whole world is to like watch these feel good like compilation clips of people like making it through like the voice or like <laughs> or like or like or like you know America's Got Talent or that stuff with Simon Cowell's like the you know yeah, the, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like this old fat lady that like like life passed her by and she thought that maybe she'll give it a go and everybody makes fun of her and then she sings and then she sings her beautifully and then my dad starts crying bro and then he sends these videos along you know yeah. like he's got yeah. this he's just got this like they're very those but those shows are very emotionally constructed for yeah, for television yeah i mean they need to it's get the clicks like you know how they're they're always like oh this guy and then all of a sudden this is a sad story and then he's this amazing musician it's all it's all bullshit it's all set up um, I can speak from like a personal point of view because I auditioned for New Zealand's Got Talent. No, really? Yeah, dude. <laughs> when? Dude? I don't think anyone knows this no, story. No, well, now, like, now people are going to know how old were you, dude? So this, this is, is the two, gold. This is 2012. So I was fucking... So this is like two years before you came to Berlin. This is two years before I came. I was 19. Yeah. 19? Yeah, yeah. And my parents kind of talked me into it and they were like, you should do it. And my friends were like, yeah, you should do it. And I was like, whatever, I guess, sure. Um, but like with the God Talent, can you like play an instrument or is it just about singing? Yeah, you, you can, can, you can, you can do, do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, so I auditioned and I went to the first round where I had to go to this, you know, before you get to the judges um, TV audition, you have to obviously get through to that. So, and then they have to decide. Yeah, I, I'd have to be really good or really bad, right? Yeah. So they they decide before you get to go on TV. <clears throat> yeah. So I went to this first audition. I sung one of my own songs that I wrote back then. I can't even remember how it went, but the guy was like, oh, "This is cool." And then I, I sang it to the other people, and they were like, "Yeah, amazing!" You know. 
And then they also said, you know, maybe you should sing something that everyone knows. Or uh, I thought, okay. And anyway, I got into the TV audition, so I travelled from Christchurch down to Dunedin, which is where they were doing the South Island auditions, or just the lower South Island. Um, and I, yeah, did the whole thing, like the whole TV, the stage, the theatre, the three judges with the buttons and everything. Um, and I sung John Mayer's version of Free Fallen. Okay. By Tom Petty. Okay. Did this nice like guitar intro, sung the song. It was, you know, it all went good. And actually the judges were all super stoked and all three of them said yes. They're like, yes, we want you in the next round. Yes, 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 yes. And everyone was like, woo. And it was all this whole thing. Um, and uh, I think it went pretty well, to be honest. But maybe, I don't know. But I remember thinking like, wow, that was cool. Because I was super nervous, yeah, obviously, because yeah. it was like TV all of a sudden. <clears throat> I'd been waiting all day. And then went off stage and whatever, left and that was that. And then I got an email a few weeks later that I didn't get through because the producers of the show didn't pick me. Because the producers of the show need to curate. Oh, uh, okay. So, so you never actually made it onto the TV. I, exactly. So okay. everyone goes through this TV audition uh, and it's either yes or no, of, of course. But the judge's decision isn't what gets you decision, through. Yeah. No, it's all just how you produce the show. And I could have milked a sad story because my mother died when I was young. I could have made this whole thing, but I didn't do that. I didn't think about it. But yeah. it wasn't worthy of TV, obviously. It wasn't like a. I was just another run-in-the-mill homie who could sing a song and play guitar, and they all liked it. Yeah, There must have been dozens of those kids, you know, <clears throat> yeah. who could just sing a song well, and then all judges say yes, and that's great, because there's a lot of people that can do that. Um so it was just like, no, nah, he's, he doesn't have like a whatever. Yeah, but the comp- competing in music is funny, hey? Like oh, it's, it's just, it's just, it's more, this is just more television. This yeah, it's true. Television but is. I mean, did you play in bands? Yes. Did you ever do like Battle of the Bands? Mm-hmm. Yeah, t- 2008 was the first time I did that. It's called Rock Quest in New Zealand. Rock Smoke Quest. Smoke Free Rock Quest. And uh, yes, yeah, so I was 15, uh, 2008, yes, 16, 16, and had a band called Effect, <laughs> spelled E-F-E-K-T. Nice. Uh, I was in the band with John Beach, David Harvey, and Georgia McDonald. Georgia was our drummer. Um, and uh, we went into Rock Quest and we wrote two songs. And first there was a regional final, and then once you get past the regional final, then you can compete. Uh, you you send in a video to get to the national final. We went to the Nash, We went to the regional final, First time ever, I think it was the second time I'd ever played a gig in a band because this is the first band I ever started playing in in high school, whatever. And we won the regional final. No way. Out of 13 or 14 <clears throat> bands. And were you like lead guitarist? I band? was lead guitarist. No. Did you shred? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> it was my first ever solo on the stage. I, there's footage on YouTube. Um, no way, really? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there a, a whole video. Did you both, gotta, you got to send me a link. Yeah, yeah. It's super funny. I was wearing a t-shirt that said, Jesus is my homie. No way, dude. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was all like Christian. I mean, oh, you know, dude, me whatever. Too. That, me too, yeah. Whatever. They try and convince you that um, God is cool when you're like a teenager. So they use any sort of anything to get you into this. So Jesus is my homie is quite appealing to a 14-year-old kid. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, we won that. And we won... $500 gift voucher for the Rock Shop, which is the music store in, in New Zealand. And uh, I went and bought a DS1, um, Boss DS1 distortion pedal. Hell yeah. DS1. Dude. The first ever effects pedal. But yeah, so that was 
the kind of the introduction to um, playing in bands was this band in, that I had in high school. And we then spent the next three years going back to this competition, um, Smoke Free Rock Quest, to compete. Second year, we didn't get anywhere. We won, I don't know, we didn't get anywhere. Something, I don't know, it was... We'd, we won the year before, so it was obviously we weren't going to win the next year. And then the third year, we went to another part of the country and competed there. And we won a um, recording, a day of recording in a studio where we recorded our first EP. In a day? Yeah, we did five songs in a day. Nice, dude. It was crazy. Because I didn't, I had never been into a recording studio, nor did I have any idea what to do. But they were just like, yeah, just rehearse your songs and then come in for a day. And I remember we got there in the morning, like nine or 10, and there was this big party happening because we're all from like a small town of 5,000 people in our high schools. It was about 400, 500 kids. Um, so there was a party happening that night and we were going to, our plan was cool. We'll go to the studio all day and then we'll go to the party at like five, six, you know, we'll, we'll finish the studio and then we'll go. And I remember my friend's mum, John's mum, Anne Beach, she dropped us off and then she asked the guy at the studio, like, what time will we will we be um uh that will what time will you be finished, you know? And he's like, Oh, probably like 10, 11 p.m. tonight. And we were all like, Oh, what? Like, that's that's real late. Like, we're gonna go to the party. And he's uh-huh. like, Would you guys wanna record this EP or what? And uh-huh. we're like, Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's gonna take some time, you know, so we're gonna do it. Yeah. Like, oh man. That's actually really sick for you that know, guy, dude. Like, I mean Totally. You totally. Know? But I remember being this because there was this whole plan, like we were all going to go to one friend's house at like nine and then go to the party. But he's like, no, you won't be leaving here until like 10 or 11. Do you guys see a track live? We tracked live. And tracked a click or did you just groove? I think we just grooved. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I think we just grooved. It was pretty, it was pretty, we'd played the songs a lot and it didn't take too long, but it was very much just like whatever take sounded yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, it. That was the thing. That was it. But that's so, uh, that dude, that's like, Mm. most of the time like the best but i remember being in the control room and like seeing all these synths on the wall and stuff and i was thinking like why do we get involved can we get involved in this stuff like what's going on here why can we not i want to like you know this is what you do in a studio but obviously we, we had the one day um but i did actually um head up my friend john to see if he still had the cd because he at one point a while ago he was giving away all these cds of the, the ep that we made nothing ever happened we put it on myspace MySpace. I know, dude. Oh. <laughs> it was like the, the last years of MySpace. It was 2010, I think. Oh, yeah. and it was on MySpace for a while. There was one good song on that, I remember. Um, I can't remember what it was called. But it was still... I was proud that we got to do it. And then obviously sure, after dude. after high school finished, we, that was, it was it. You know, and then I carried on and whatever. Um, went to uh, study sound engineering. Old sound engineering. But um, what, what brought you to Berlin, though? Berlin. Like, Berlin. why Why was Berlin a destination? 2012, I met some German tourists, some guys that came through Christchurch, and they ended up staying at this house that I was living in, this flat that I lived in, um, for the summer of 2012, going on 2013, yes. And, um, what is that? Yeah. And I just became really good friends with them. And we had this amazing summer. And then when they left, they said, look, if you ever come to Germany, let us know. You know, come and stay with us. And they were from Hamburg. So I just, I kind of held on to that. And then I guess over the next two years, I kind of thought about it a lot. Or the next year, I thought about it a lot. 
and they were the only people that I knew anywhere else in the world apart from Australia. But Australia is a bit too close; mm-hmm. it's too close to home. Um, and I obviously, and then I remember reading an article in a magazine called the New Zealand Musician Magazine. It's released for free every month, and there was an article about this artist named Lady Six who had spent some time in Berlin, and she was talking about it. And I remember thinking, "Oh yeah, Berlin, what's this go?" And then hearing about it from the likes of Fat Freddy's Drop and another band called Six Sixty, who were also going to Berlin for something. And I remember kind of like Berlin, Berlin, Berlin. And then I figured, well, if I go to Hamburg, it's not that far from Berlin, you know. And then the opportunity arose that I could leave the country and travel. Um, so I decided to just ask one of the guys who I knew, and he replied quite quickly saying, "Hey, bro." I live in Berlin now. Um, I've got my own apartment. I have this job. Blah, blah, blah. And I just asked him, if I come, can I stay on your couch? And he just said, yeah, sure. And then that night, it was my friend Max. It was his birthday. So we were all kind of hanging out at home drinking before going out. And I was talking about it, I guess. And then at some point they were just like, dudes, book your flight now. Book it now. Like, like right let's do now. It. Let's do it right now. I dare you to do it. I think it was Max, to be honest. Max yeah. is a, has a personality like that. He would just be like, bro, you should do it right now. Yeah. And we were like, oh, okay. And a few other people were there. So we did it. Went online, just booked a flight to Berlin from Christchurch one way. Oh, no, it was from Melbourne because I was going to Melbourne for some, whatever. What was it? Yeah. Anyway, booked this flight and went out, came home kind of forgot that it had happened and they woke up the next day with a raging hangover and an email saying your flight to Berlin has been booked. And I remember going, oh my God. And then I had to call my dad being like, hey, uh, <laughs> I've booked this flight, you know, I leave in 45 days. And he's like, all right, well, you better buddy, you know, quit your job and do this and do that. And then 45 days, I left, days later I left. And uh, yeah, it was just a one-way flight. Huge. Oh yeah, you you could do that. Yes, I was allowed to yeah. with my New Zealand passport. <laughs> I'm not allowed to do that. Thank God for the, yeah, yeah, it's yeah crazy. so that was a bit easier for you. But yeah, so yeah, I got I was allowed to have a three month holiday visa automatically as soon as I arrived, oh, yeah. and then once I got here, I was in love at the time, and I remember with somebody in New Zealand. Yes, yeah, and I remember you know it was conflicting obviously, but as soon as I got here, because I was thinking oh, I'll go for a few months and see how it is, and then as soon as I got here You're after like, three or four weeks, I was just like, whoa, I've got to stay. Yeah, you know, I still remember. I arrived on a Thursday night. By Monday, I was busking with some people that I'd met, um, Steph Grace and Georgie Fisher. Yeah, you played in a band. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You played bass for her or something. I played guitar for Georgie. <clears throat> oh, jo- yeah. Um, but this is yeah, this is long before that. But I just met Georgie and Steph, these two sisters from Australia who are phenomenal song singer songwriters, and my really good friends. My, some of my best, my oldest friends, um, and. We were busking within a few days, and I remember going to Trezor on the Monday night that we were busking with some people that we met somewhere else. We went to Trezor, and I remember walking out of the club at eight in the morning when there was sunlight everywhere and it was summertime because it was the middle of June, and I just came from the winter in New Zealand, and it was Tuesday, and I was high on ecstasy, and I was walking through Kreuzberg <laughs> going back to like where I was staying, and I remember thinking, "Oh my god, like what is this? Yeah, what is this? You yeah. know?" And just it was just a, a crazy place yeah. all of a sudden and i was hooked um you've was, been to africa burn right i've never been to africa burn uh, no it was to me when i got to Berlin the first time and like also in, in summer you know like when it's uh-huh. like not COVID 19 times and it's like uh-huh. fucking festive and crazy and like yeah, warm and yeah, yeah. beautiful people with weird style everywhere i'm like fuck this is like a permanent africa burn mm. it's 
crazy. Permanent Africa burn. I would love to go to the burn one day, I guess, but I don't know. I don't know when or what or if that will happen again. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it will. It will, but it's such a weird time now. So for those of you listening to the to this in the future, we are now in the and still in the COVID-19 times. <clears throat> it's not quite in the heavy, heavy lockdown, but there's no fucking end inside. We don't know what's happening. <laughs> there's no clubs. I went, like I was hanging with Yasha last night and he, they do this United We Stream stuff, right? Like yes. and he took a lot of footage and he had to like, he has had to cut some fucking promo videos or something. And he shows me some video, some random video of like a boiler room, you know, heaving in a room, like fucking people yeah, are just like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like sweat. And I'm like, when's that going to happen, dude? It'll happen, but it's not for a while. Not for a while. I should start yeah. having hazmat parties, like hazmat suit yeah. parties. I mean, there are parties that are happening. I, I pre- mean. I know I've I've been to some, but like yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. I played a gig on Saturday. It was the first time I played to a dance like with people dancing, mm-hmm. and it was wonderful. And it didn't feel too intense at all because we were outdoors and it wasn't a lot of people. But yeah, I it, I don't know. I don't know anything. No one does. Nobody. But knows. Uh, I'm hopeful at least. You mm. know. But who who's to know? Um, I'm kind of just worried about the right now. I'm trying to focus my energy on that you know just what is happening right now where i am what do you, what do you mean when you say that like we, like surviving or like maintaining like a good vibe or like yeah kind of both those things in a combination where um well we get so caught up in like what it's going to be like or what this will be or what will it be whereas when we I, I find that when we think like that we just forget about what's actually happening right now it's always like oh, just working towards this or I'm trying to do that so that when I do this, I'll be able to do this. And you have all these things. Um, what is that fuzzy noise? Now? Yeah, it's like my my computer just decided to to lift up. <clears throat> oh, right. Yeah, oh, that's fine. It's, it's just fast. a bit of... I'll just, just, I'll just do some fucking noise reduction, bro. Like, yeah, just get rid of those apps, dude. Just exit Spotify. Oh, yeah, I don't, I'm not in Spotify. <laughs> just like some... Apparently pull. Spotify takes up a lot of CPU power. Yeah, dude. Apparently it's kind of weird. Um, but anyway, we get so caught up in like, well, you know, tomorrow and the day after that and next week and next year and all that stuff. And I find that we lose, we, we're always like chasing something. We're always like going for something, but we never focus on what we are at the moment. And, and, and we never like just sit in that and appreciate it for what it is. And that's what I've been trying to do. And it's living day to day, but you know, just, it's very easy to be, um, if you think about it, it's very easy to be grateful for just any small thing and everything. The fact totally that, do. you know, like there's, there's <clears throat> so much, everything that we have, and we've got such a sweet life that it's, we don't need to worry. I mean, we should worry about the future, sure, but like, it's also important to think about the here and now. Yeah, dude, but I think, I think you and I are both quite like fortunate to be quite joyful people. Like you're also like a kind of guy with like it's not very difficult to get a smile on your face. Like in fact, like it's there, <laughs> it's there by de- by default, you know. So like yeah. it's not like that for everybody, you know. Like yeah. not everybody is easily as happy as we are, you know. Because we have yeah, yeah. very gr- graceful upbringings. Yeah, no, totally. You know? Um, but you know that that doesn't take away from the fact that right now things are a bit weird, you know. Like I'm like sure. like the whole time I'm like fuck, you know, like I'm I'm a very very lucky boy. Yeah. I'm a prince. Like life is good to me, you know, but it still feels strange. Like I I had recently with my um with my flatmates um 
we had a beautiful mushroom trip. Like, oh, yes. like we went for like out to like, you know, the lakes and we, we had a beautiful time together. But even then in the beginning, it was like, I had a really good, good time. But in the beginning, I, I kind of got this overarching sense that everything isn't right in the world, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I feel like mushrooms will always do that to you when you come off on them. Yeah. It's always like, oh, and then it's fine. But it's always like, but yeah, the world is fucking, the world's fucked. Yeah. You know, but saying that isn't going to fix it. So might as well make beats. Might as well just smoke (laughs) weed and make beats. Uh, (laughs) um, Talking about making beats. So like your, your background is like obviously first and foremost being like a virtuoso guitarist. I wouldn't say virtuoso. I would say a guitarist. I I, I would say that. I I say that. Um, Jesus. But, um, and and I, I remember we were speaking the other day on the street and you were mentioning how late you were to the party in terms of like being into electronic music or at least being into electronic music is something that you might want to do. Yeah. And now you're like busting out a track every day, it seems like with yeah. different labels and shit. And it's like quite impressive, I must say. Thank you, bro. Um, but, but when did that shift happen for you? I was in Basel in a club called Nordstern. And I remember watching Maceo Plex play. I was with my friends, Leah and Anya. And we, uh, I mean, I was into drum and bass music in Christchurch. Drum and bass is huge. It's like the biggest genre of music in most of New Zealand, actually. Mm -hmm. There's not much techno and stuff going on in New Zealand. Um, But being in drum and bass head and then moving to Europe, it was weird because it was all this techno shit. And I remember thinking, Ugh, what is this four to the floor bullshit? It's like this Euro trash. I had this whole idea that it was Euro trash. And then I remember going to this club in Basel after being in Europe for a few months and it kind of changed. Maceoplex is a glorious DJ and I was high on ecstasy and I had this amazing time and I remember thinking, ah, this is, I get it. Like everyone's in this room and this whole thing. Um, so that was when I kind of turned into the love. And then obviously the years of my early years of Berlin was just spent at the club all the time, you know, um, partying a lot and really enjoying the music. And I remember one morning in, in Wintergarten in Sisyphus, Monday morning, and there was obviously just this really good music. And I remember thinking, who the hell is making all this music? And I was like, cause I'm here all the time and it's always different music. And I'm like, who the fuck is making all this music? It's, there's so much of it all the time. And then just, I guess just in this, in the party scene, you, you know, you, you listen, you pay attention, and then you start to know the DJs and then you follow them on SoundCloud and everything like that. But it wasn't until 2016 that I started kind of um, producing dance-ish music because, you know, when I moved to Berlin, that was when I kind of got deeper into production and I remember just having logic and trying out stuff, you know. And then it but, was, but when you started getting into production, it was more to like be able to record your songs. Exactly. Because like like, that's what I thought I was doing when yeah. I first moved here. I was like, cool, I can play uh, guitar and sing. Okay, I'm just going to do that. And, you know, running into Alice C. and all these other buskers that were writing these songs, I remember thinking, oh, I'll write songs too. Um, and Steph and Georgie, they were all writing their own songs. And so when I was busking with Steph and Georgie, actually, those first kind of busking missions, every now and then I'd like just play a song or two of my own, but I was mostly playing lead guitar for those two, um, which is still my first love, I think, playing lead guitar for someone because it's just, you don't have to sing. Um, so yeah, I did a couple of years of that. And then 
Um, obviously, I was going partying a lot and I enjoyed the music, so I decided to just give it a go and just try, like, make some music. Um, and then 2016, started making, like, down-tempo sounding stuff because I'd heard um, music from a producer called Niju, who's from Mannheim. Shout out to Nico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a homie. Um, but I made this song called Tua Atu and I put it on SoundCloud in 2017. It was very dark, down-tempo, 86 yeah, yeah. BPM, very, like, um, very minor-y, E minor vibes. And uh, I made it because of one of Niju's songs. I was so inspired by it that I was like, wow, I want to make something like this. And so I finished it and as what it was and put it on SoundCloud. And then a friend, um, Vatamal, a.k.a. Dr. Vatamal, uh, the legend from Berlin, he reposted it on his SoundCloud. He had loads of followers. And then it just kind of went viral in its own way, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. Um, and then... There was a lot of good response from it. People were liking it. People were sending messages. People were like, wow, this is an amazing track. And got a lot of plays real quick. And um, and it still gets lots of plays to this day. It's kind of crazy. But that was the first time that any music that I'd made had got such a good response. So I remember thinking, oh, maybe this is what I should try and do. And then I just kept on going and um, just did that as much as I could, as well as the busking on the side to like do the music. But I was falling more and more in love with the, the production and the electronic music and slowly drifting away from the band stuff. And, the, you know, because I had a band in 2017, 18. The, the trio thing? No, it was a, a quartet with a keys, drums and bass. Thomas was playing oh, yeah, well, bass. I, I saw you once with a band. Yes. And that Born Friedrichsein. Yeah, Bababu. Yeah, Babu. Was it with the keys player or was it with the trio? I think the it was the trio. Yeah, trio was like a little later on thing just yeah, because yeah. I couldn't pay the other guys in the other band. That's <laughs> a, bring back my point was I couldn't afford to pay band members anymore because these guys so were really amazing musicians and they were all professional jazz guys. So I couldn't, you know, I couldn't afford to do it. Um, so that was also a point, you know, when you have your laptop and you have, you're doing everything yourself, you don't actually have to ask for suggestions or, you know, when you're in a band rehearsal and someone says, oh, why don't we try this? And often you'll be like, actually, I know I don't like that, but I'll, you know, we'll you, try you it have, anyway. You have to, and you exactly. have to like take everybody's exactly. Like, you know, and it just takes time and you just try this thing out. And a lot of this happened with the band, you know, I remember people would be like, why don't you try this? And I'm like, okay, cool. Good. But it's at the, the whole time I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's like the worst thing when you like know exactly what kind of groove the drummer must play, yeah. but he's playing something else and yeah, you yeah. can't like convince him. Or just like, like ideas or yeah. even just like joking around in rehearsal when they would start jamming some stupid thing. And I'm just like, dude, I don't have time for that. Like, let's work on <laughs> things. Come yeah. on. Um, and it's, it's hard to keep people's focus when you're not, when A, they're not totally involved when they're working for you and B, you're not paying for them. Yeah. You know, it's it's a tricky one. Um, so, yeah, obviously Ableton computers are wonderful yet stupid machines and they'll just do what you tell them to do. Yeah, but the thing is they won't... If you tell them play this <laughs> thing over and over again, it has no problem doing it, but exactly. it's also not going to introduce yeah. any... Which is any the same, yeah. It's the same with a loop pedal. Yeah. And for any guitarist out there that wants to get better at guitar and have not had a, bought a loop pedal yet, yeah, it is the to, one dude. that is the one ticket to yeah. getting better at playing guitar. Totally. Loop pedal. I tell people every time they don't have a loop pedal, I'm just like, get a loop pedal. It's going to change your life, yeah. change my life. It's unbelievably But dude, I still, helpful. I mean, because 
because I, I obviously, <clears throat> like with our jam that we had the other day, it was sick. Mm. Thanks. I really enjoyed it. Um, that was a sick jam. Um, it's going to go, it, it'll be on SoundCloud by the time this thing comes out as well. Sick. Um, but like, I built like also like a looper, like kind of set up, kind of like the RE, RC300 or whatever. What's the boss one? Yes. Like in a little bit more advanced because I've got more loopers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's sick and it's really sick and it's like fucking amazing. I'm really stoked on it. But there's something about when you have good rhythm, because not everybody that plays with the looper pedal has good rhythm. It's kind of essential. But when you have that internal meter that's pretty constant, it's just so fucking great being able to go like, put your foot down, here's the one. And when you put down the foot again, it's like that's where the cycle ends and there's the groove perfectly locked. And it's whatever BPM it is, it's like, 105 point dun 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 you know whatever it is mm. it's just like so much better than having mm. to listen having to stick to the grid that's clicking in your ear it's or true. something it's, it's true. like it's true and it, loop pedals will also improve your rhythm because if you want to get something that's on grid or that's locked in in a, in a tight groove you have to like know when to press yeah. the pedal at the right time and play accordingly to with that movement as well you got to that, that last stroke has to be in time with your foot and it's a, that's also a way to build rhythm because you have to, you know, do a whole like rhythm guitar part and you got to keep it in time. Totally. And also learning yeah. how to, in a performance, when the loop isn't good, to actually play into that false loop. You Whoa, know? dude. That's some high tech shit. High tech, right? That's true. Yeah, trying to <laughs> trying to use the looper with a band is also... Oh, it doesn't work because people... Yeah, you know, because as soon as the grid goes off... Yeah, it's funny. <clears throat> it's funny. It's so, it's so minuscule, those things. But um, yeah, loop pedals are a real help for sure. I would be nowhere without a loop pedal. That's mm. for sure. But okay, so you but you 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 used to be a Logic boy, right? Like yes. at least your your first EP. Yes, was Logic. A Logic yes, thing. I learned the first time I ever looked at music, making music on a computer was in high school and GarageBand is what we were using, and then Logic became the thing. Yeah. And then when I got a laptop when I moved to Berlin, I remember using Logic and just because that's all I knew. Um, but I made the switch, the almighty switch to Ableton um, at the end of 2018, two years ago. No looking back. Hell no, dude. Ableton is the goddamn business. Dude, it's good. It's so good. It's just, it's just, it makes, it makes your computer an instrument. Yeah. I, I remember when I made the switch, because I, I was also a logic boy. Um, yes. When I made the switch to Ableton, I was swearing a lot. Yeah, it's because, weird. Because there's a lot of shit that it's a completely different workflow, you know? Yeah. So like if you like use the logic and like you're like, oh fuck, I can't comp. Oh fuck, I can't do batch fades, which is fucking lame. Batch let's be fades, let's dude. be honest. Oh, yeah. Um but like and there's so many things that just works differently and whatever. Mm-hmm. And like and for a long time in the beginning I was thinking that it's like actually like dumb like that it's actually stuff lacking in the software but then i realized like it's just a completely different design I remember philosophy you saying this about ableton you were hating it and i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> like you sure yeah dude, but no, I, I love but it but once you get into it it's and once you realize what you can do this there's so many small details that you can it's just change. It's, it's just, just so direct it's just like anything that you can think of yeah like is like you can like you can you can do like so easily dude like especially when you get into the mac stuff you know like not coding Macs, just using the max units yeah yeah i've still yet to get into max for life i haven't really gotten into it dude there's a couple that's just like there's a couple of those modules like the envelope follower and like granulator 
My granular is lame, dude. Oh, is it? It's okay, but it's just like, just in terms of granular synthesis, it's not like the highest, highest def like algorithm. It's it's pretty sick. Lo-fi. It's kind of lo-fi, but I mean, like talk isotope iris or like native instruments form, you know, those are like real granular synthesizers. Like granulator is just like that Robert Heinke, whatever, the Ableton dude, like coding (laughs) like a granular synth. And it's sick, you know, and it is sick. It's actually, and to be honest, it's probably way, way sicker than I know because it's just not as cool out of the box it's just you need to like assign parameters you know yeah that's long but no matter it's the best dude like it's yeah it gets me it gets me so excited but then then it then it also kind of also just brings up this like option paralysis vibe you know because where does creativity really happen it's like when within limitations to a certain extent yes you know when you go like okay cool i only have this cassette player and i know i can make a drone with this one delay and like i can capture capture some things with like the looper yeah like you can make a whole tapestry of song like you know but like if you're in front of the computer and you're like i want to do this shit and like half the day is spent like watching youtube like you gotta yeah you gotta know when to like move forward with Mm. stuff you have to be you gotta not weigh on things for too long with Ableton, you know, because there is so much endless stuff. But, um, like, my computer, for example, is limited at the moment because as soon as I get a few software synths going, I just can't handle any of it. The CPU is just dying. Dude, I I, I use very little soft synths. I mean, I don't have a synth. So yeah. I just, you know. Just, you do, though, at the moment. Yes, I do have a Magmentor at the moment. Hell yeah. But Juno, you know, like Roland Juno plug-in, sure. So I'll, I have to find the sound that I like and then put it to audio straight away because my hat. But that's the best. I mean, that's the what exactly. anyway, what exactly. happens when you try cool. to So this sound. is cool because even though my computer is slow, I don't, I don't have the chance to like really dive into all these synths and stuff. I just get whatever sounds good at the time and just get, become okay with it and then just move on. And it helps you become a lot quicker. With yeah, dude, totally. Stuff. I also like love working commit, like committally, like just like commit to a sound, commit to an idea, you know, you yeah. can always just do it again, you know? Absolutely. Yes, but the um, analog synths is where it's at, for sure. Oh, dude, they're, they're vibey. Yes, very lucky to have just picked up a little Moog Minotaur from a friend. Um, he told me about it on Sunday night. And then he's like, yeah, I've got like, some synths I want to try and sell. And I was like, oh, what do you got? And he said, like, Moog Minotaur. And I was like, uh-huh. He wants 250 for it. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And he just said, yeah, just grab it and just try it out if you like it you know then we can talk about buying it and all that stuff but it's i don't use it so just go for it very very casual and it's just so nice just to have the synth there in front of you just the knobs keyboard boom just yeah just audio not even worry about midi because who cares i don't like using it's way easier to make music when you're just dealing with audio because midi's just weird stuff totally dude like i mean midi is great but like midi's great midi's great but audio is just like... But when it comes to arranging a piece of music, I want to be looking at audio. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I generally, with all of my projects, I'll just get out of MIDI as soon as I can. Like, you'll never see any MIDI very, you know, after after I've started, it'll, it'll disappear quite quickly. Yeah, I should probably do that more. I'm definitely trying to learn from your speed of production. It's just, it's just, you don't, there's less to think about because you're not like, oh, I can go back and edit the synth. It's just like, it's just audio now. That's what yeah. it is. And then you can, you can still mess with it in a whole. Yeah. I mean, I do that with all my synths by virtue of the fact that I make most of my synth sounds with like the Model yeah. D, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, Model D is. I, Model D is sick. 
Yeah, dude. Because I, I mean, I have this the Juno sixty and the and the SH one hundred one in the room. Mm. It's not mine. Mm. Like similarly, like they're just here. That's mm. a nice thing about having a studio in Berlin. It's weird. Like things come and visit. You know, like this yes. bass, this bass guitar as well. It's like also not mine. It's sick, dude. It's oh, like, yeah. And uh, they just come and visit because people tend to get instruments, but then they don't have time to use them. And they're like, oh yeah, just hold on to it for a bit. But like. I mean, I love the Juno is sick, you know, I used it a bit on tracks and the SH-101 I, I don't like so much, but I know it's great, but still like the Behringer Model D is right there in front of me. And that's the thing I just use all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. It's a good, it's a good synth. It's a good synth. People are into it. Poly D I would like to have. Me too. Yeah. Like there's just something about having it there in your hands. It's just. Just so much nicer yeah because for me like the way that i see recorded music um and this can also be a way that we can maybe like venture into like talking about improvisational playing is like for me recorded music at the core at least the recorded music that i enjoy mm. is like uh the capturing of a moment or a group of moments mm. you know like there's people that see recorded music as like the like the perfect, most perfect idealized form of the concept of the idea of the song, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So like they have this perfect idea of how the song should be and they fucking sculpt it until it's that perfect thing. Mm. Whereas I way prefer like hearing that a guy did a whole performance of the Hyatt through the song, right? you know? Yeah, like yeah. it's like this capturing of the moments in time, yeah, you yeah, know? Sure. So if you, if you have a soft synth, like with automation curves drawn and yeah. all that stuff, like cool you can commit it down to audio at some point but it's still actually just a computer that like that made a representation an approximation of the idea that you have in your head versus where if you're live tweaking knobs maybe you go a little bit too far and mm. on the cutoff mm. filter maybe you push the lfo a bit too deep and mm. like but then okay cool now it's done yes now it's there and that's yeah yeah for sure i think as a as a as a performance point of view when you're there doing that for your music that's when it's good but from Alyssa's perspective, they're probably not going to notice the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. That's which is also kind of like we get we also get too lost in like <laughs> yeah, this dude. fucking bullshit. But it's true. I would personally rather have it there and do it all and just be like, whatever, that's it. You know. And I still do that. I still use takes of like guitar stuff. And whenever I record stuff, I'm just like, whoosh, I do a little thing, and I hear it, and it's like, ah, all right, whatever, just carry on. It's totally. like I think perfectionism will just slow you down. Totally. You just if you're if you're like a, such a pure perfectionist and you have to it has to be right, right, right you're never going to finish anything. You're never going to get it out. You know, it's, it's you need to like just move on and understand that no one else cares about it as much as you do. So it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, yeah. Like it just you know you shouldn't care about it so much because it's so important to you. And yes, we 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 live our lives and we think about it like that, but. It's not important. No, it's, dude, it's, totally. it's, it's just an expression from us that we like to do this thing, and maybe people will like it also. And and we just we shouldn't get too involved with. Dude. I think at this stage, at least, when we, yeah. if you get famous or whatever, then it might be a different story. I'm sure because you have crazy fans that are obsessed with your music and stuff. But totally, you know, it's you know, just record it to audio, move on, see you later, next thing. Yeah. you know, work on something else. Yeah, totally. Just get it done. Yeah. Don't don't waste time because. No one else cares. Yeah, dude. For me, like the thing that really like the, I mean, we all go through periods of blocks, right? Mm. And like the thing that really like stripped the block away from me was when I like 
decided to rather than try and make something good intentionally make something really bad mm. not like okay cool i want to make something that sucks but kind of because i was like cool i'm gonna write a whole bunch of really shit yeah songs just now. you just get yeah. over yourself yeah. you just do it just fucking do it you, you might know? be some gold might some, or at least there's like not that blocked feeling anymore yeah, yeah. Like, or you've just you've yeah you've done the thing you know it's you you have to do it in order to finish anything you know if you sit around like oh, i don't know how to you know or if you're blocked yeah just make something bad or yeah. whatever you think is bad but okay so when you produce right like so something the reason why i made this performance set up with ableton the way i did mm-hmm. and why i'm inviting people to jam like people that like jamming like like mm-hmm. we did i mean that was also the first time in, in a while i guess that you really did like an improvisational performance like yeah even, more or less i mean even when you and cesar play like it's kind of like more set no yeah 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 it's yeah it's quite set but yeah in terms of like improvising with ableton yes that's yeah. that's the first time i've ever really done anything like that still- like that that for me is like kind of like something where my heart's really at because it feels still authentic to like being a performer or mm. like being like a mm. improvisational player mm-hmm. mm. like so when you perform when you produce tracks mm. right like how much are you like like playing like like doing performances and how much is you just going like having an idea in your head and like slowly but surely executing it um all of like any sort of harmonic idea that is in any of the music i make i will play mm-hmm. whether it's on the keyboard on my laptop or a keyboard midi keyboard or the guitar or, or the a push. piano yeah. or, or push i use ableton push which is phenomenal to like play chords on and and you know and then getting drum sequences going with different drum racks that's what i'll do as well or i'll just go for drums yeah yeah or or just i'll find drum i've got this mad sample library of drum loops that i have um that i will just take and just kind of mess with warp and pitch and do that transient shortening thing on everything yeah. which is super cool um but uh so a lot of it is me like playing it but a lot of it is me just like programming loops and just building stuff you know but i think just because you're not playing it doesn't Man. No, totally, dude. I love everything. Like, yeah. I love every aspect. I, I also love, like, I it's, love it's making, your mind. Your yeah. mind is doing it. You know, it, that's that's because that's like, controlling. That's like the same with like producers that don't really play many instruments, but are still amazing producers. Like Forte, exactly. You know, it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter if you can play the guitar or not. It's like your no, if your mind is musical and you can create something, and if your song is big, like. Who cares if you played it or not? If you like, like, like Cal asked me the other day. My girlfriend Caroline, she asked me like. um I don't know. I don't know if we saw a movie with a paralyzed guy or somebody got paralyzed from the neck down or something. Right. Just like if you're paralyzed from, like you, you get paralyzed from the neck down, would you still want to live? And I, and my answer to that was, yeah, sure. I, I can imagine. I can imagine a lot of things to be joyful about, even if I only have my head. Yeah. But to be honest, the thing was like, like the first thing that went to my mind is like, I can still make beats. Well, can you use your arms though? <laughs> no. If you're paralyzed? No, but you can do that eye thingy. They can figure it out, bro. Making beats with your mind. Fucking. That's the future. Get some Elon Musk shit in there, like neural, Yo, neural link. We're living in the goddamn paradox, yeah. the goddamn simulation. But this, this question also comes up with people that do live sets where um, the term live oh, yeah. gets a bit. But like, like, you, like to get to what you were saying earlier, it's like, unfortunately, the reality is that people, the only thing that people hear mm. is that it sounds better or it sounds worse. 
It's yeah. like, like even like my performance set of the way I play. Let's keep dropping. Let's keep dropping. Sorry, I'm trying to scratch my head with it. <laughs> um, the uh, the only like the way I play is obviously unmastered shit. Like because a lot of the shit is like you know like yeah, the yeah. synth happening right there, and and obviously the more time you spend, the more you get like proper side chaining of your groups and yeah, things, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and it gets closer and closer to a pretty polished sound. Yeah. Like it comes out, but it's still never gonna be like a the track. same as like having dropping a single stem, like a single fucking yeah, clip yeah. that it's got like all the things yeah, perfectly yeah. in it. Yeah, it's yeah. the limiter on zero, and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. like and ultimately, yeah. People people don't fucking care. Dude. People don't care. No, and you can you can still figure out a way to do live sets that sound just as good as mastered music. You just have to know how to do it well enough. You mm-hmm. know, I remember seeing. Um, the first time I saw O.Y. play, he played in Mench Maya one morning and Mira played after him and she was playing mastered music and his live set, which just had so much more clarity and definition and punch and loudness, it was just so much better. And then Mira started playing and I remember thinking like, wow, it's, just, it's like, she's playing mastered tracks, but this sounds terrible compared to what he was doing. He's on another level. He's a, he's, he's not, he is on another he's a level. G. Um, Have you met him? Yeah, yeah, I know Jacob. Yeah, we've met a couple of times. Um, Where's he from? He's from Germany. He's from Berlin. Mm. Um, but there is ways to yeah get that live set sounding punchy. Um, I found a, a preset on Fab Filter Saturn that I used to like beef up the low end of the master chain. It's pretty dope. Saturn two. What's it called? Uh, I can't remember. Big bass something. Right? Mm. Sounds good. Big big beat. I don't know. It's, you, it's just, not, you just slap it on there. Yeah, I just slapped it on there. You on know? The and I was chain. like, all right, that sounds good. Dude, I must say, like, when we were jamming together, I was like, wow, your, your beats sound really nice. Saturation. Yeah, saturation, dude, because it brings all those upper harmonics out. Woo! So, like, you. you saturation get, is a huge thing. Huge thing, dude. You get all that definition, mm. like, with. Mm. You, you get all that perceived loudness without the actual more dBs, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, and, yeah, how, what great plugins this. Ableton Saturator. Just yeah, it's, a, it's a kind of a game changer for me, for sure. Just the, What's your favorite built-in Ableton vibes? The favorite thing about Ableton? Or like built-in plugin or built-in or process Gra- or... Grand Delay is sick. Dude, I never yeah. use the Grand Delay. Your Grand Delay is tight. Grand Delay is really nice. I must do some tutorials. I actually really dislike the Grand Delay, but I've never... It's just got this thing. It's but just, I mean, it's I... It's really good on percussion, I always find... But I like I have a um, sound toy, so like I have cr- oh, yes. crystallizer, which is yes. also a granular yes. delay. So yes. I don't know if it's yeah, I don't know. Third party plugins just make my computer freak out. So even if they're not cracked, it's just I just can't handle it. Like Echo Boy, just as soon as I throw Echo Boy on anything, it's just like <laughs> it just takes off. Um, Saturator and drum roll groove pools. Groove pools. I've been getting into groove Yo, pools. Which groove ones? Pools, like the MPC ones? The swing, just any of the swing groove pools. It's just like, it's the thing. It's yeah, such a thing. It just makes like, takes a thing and makes it it's like... It's a whole, you know, it's a whole thing. Um, that's probably my favorite thing about Ableton at the moment. And just being able to just record anything. The other night I had this Minotaur for the first time and I started recording some sort of like rhythmical note. Like ding, 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 over the top of it. Dink, 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 dink. I did that and I did it in three different notes. So it was kind of harmonizing. Mm -hmm. And then I managed somehow mistakenly like shortened one of the loops. So it was like dink, dink, dink. And then it would come around again. Ba-dink, 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 
thing, and it would do this kind of cycle around each other. Yeah, yeah. And then I did a third one, and it has like these two parts, and then it turns into this triplet, and it turns into this other rhythm. Yeah, that's sick. And then I put them all in a group, and they could bounce it all to one audio file, so I just have the one clip doing it, and it's just like this workflow of being able to just grab these ideas and be like, okay, cool, I want to print that to audio, so it's its own thing now, and then I can move on, I can delete that channel, I can use this yeah. now. It's like just Dude, I, I, really, really I had quick. a very similar thing happen to me, um, actually get back to that track fuck how many fucking projects are in the computer that like doesn't so what happened was okay so i've got the model d Mm -hmm. and it's obviously a a monophonic synthesizer but it's got three oscillators and the noise source so technically speaking you can make triads you know or not technically you can make triads you can make triadic chords so what i did was that i i i recorded like in like a minor scale like all the diatonic like all the triads that i like Mm -hmm. or like just just felt you know like just like a cool now this one so like one three five you know and like a cool now one three seven and Mm. now like one two five and Mm. like whatever you know like all the triadic chords and i ended up with like probably 10 clips that are very nice progressions if you play them like next each other yes double it Yes. Pan left and right, yes. and then you make your um, your trigger instead of bars. You make it sixteenths, oh, yes. you know, so it doesn't trigger on a bar. It triggers yeah, on sixteenths. Yeah. Jam the click, and you just start like try and get them together. It's like zoom, zoom, zoom. And you click another, kadoom, 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 kadoom. You know what I mean? Oh, beautiful. Happy accidents. Happy we accidents. We don't make mistakes. We have happy accidents. Yeah, totally. Bob Ross, R.I.P. Bob Ross, who's he again? He's the the painter, dude. We don't. We're just gonna grab some of this titanium white, and we're gonna. He paints the landscapes, you know, and he teaches you how to paint. And oh, he's yeah. a super like chilled guy with a big afro. He was like big in the eighties, nineties. Okay. Bob Ross. I know the name. Yo, Bob Ross is huge. If you're stressed out about life, just watch Bob Ross painting, and he okay. just calms you down. Amazing. And, and his one motto is like, "We don't make mistakes. We have happy accidents." Beautiful. So this, this is this is the, a beautiful thing about music. I don't know how many musical ideas have come just from like trying something, and then all of a sudden it just does something else, and you think, "Oh wow, okay, cool, yep, go for it." Next thing, you know. are, are you are you still writing songs at all? Yes, yes, I started writing songs again in a way because I have had a nylon guitar in my possession recently from my flatmate. So, and all of my other guitar stuff is at my studio so I just have the nylon string at home and it's just I don't know the more I think about words and the more I read the more I can like try and get over the fact that I'm not going to write amazing lyrics and I just write whatever I want to write and it's just it's fun it's a, it's an exercise you know to write songs um, so yeah who knows maybe we'll go back to the singer songwriter thing at some point I mean it's, it's I guess it's more about combining the two you, you want to do the combined thing? I mean, it's already happening in a way. I, just, I sing on my live set and I play guitar and I sing songs, what are supposedly songs in the live set. Um, because I only had a f- couple of experience playing at clubs and stuff in the last year, but it was such a fun thing to be able to sing to people in those environments. Mm-hmm. Especially the last show I played was five till se- uh, four till six in the morning. And it was in rumors booked and obviously people have been there all night. And if you can sing to them at five in the morning and you can, I always like to look at people when I sing to them, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like talking to someone when you look in their eyes, it's much more of a connection. So when you sing to them at that time, they get, some people get really into it and I just get, 
totally entranced by it. And it's such a magical thing to be able to sing. So I really love singing in the live set. It's just, it's a, it's a fun thing to be able to do. No, totally. People really freak out when you play guitar and sing at seven in the morning in the club. Totally, dude. Because they're not expecting that. Um, but I mean, that, that, I mean, I also really love singing with like, the, with the set vibes. Yeah. But that's still different than playing a song. Yes, it's true. Yeah, it's true. You know, yeah like the, the singer-songwriter thing, yeah. I mean, I've been busking a lot, you know, playing on the streets again just for some cash. And it's, that's also just amazing and fun. Um, and I've, I guess it's, uh, you got to get over yourself a little bit when you're writing songs and just forget that. No, like you, just, you always think it's going to be bad. People are going to not like it or whatever, but you shouldn't be doing it for that reason. But it's a hard thing to get over, you know, when you just forget that anyone actually cares. You can just write and just, and just sing and, you know, do whatever you feel. And no one's really going to care. So it doesn't matter anymore, you know. Yeah, I mean, nobody is really going to listen either. No. Like not to the extent where, not from the place where the fear comes from, mm. you know, because the the fear comes from, oh, I don't want to present something too truthful because I'm going to be seen. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's you know, like, also true. And, but like, actually nobody gives a fuck. People are too like self-involved to like go and pick apart a lyric or realize it's yeah, about yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, for or, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Like. But lyrics, yeah, lyrics are very are difficult. And it's, uh, it's still my, the one thing I struggle with the most is writing lyrics. It's still like. But I, I appreciate the challenge nowadays where I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to write this and give it a go and, and then think about it and think about what the words are. Um, whereas what I, I used to just like sing whatever rhymed and just go with it. And then, yeah, um, you know, you'd look back at some of the lyrics that I was writing and they just wouldn't make sense. But it doesn't matter. Cause, it doesn't matter, um, dude. You know, I'm also, whenever I listen to music, the last thing I hear is the lyrics. With every every piece of music for so much of my life so far, I never listen to the lyrics. Like no. I love Michael Jackson's music, you know, but I never, I can hardly tell you any of the lyrics. Yeah. I mean, I, you can you can catch it. I mean, he was also not very audible with his words. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so it's 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 difficult to write lyrics for me, but I enjoy the challenge. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I I used to write so many songs, and I just haven't written songs in a fuck long time. And it'll I, come. I think it'll come in time. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. At the moment, I'm quite lost as to like what it is I really want to be doing. Yeah, that's weird. That's in, a weird spot. Like to, be to in. Still in terms because there's a part of me that also really wants to employ this like production skill vibe just to make like a like a pop banger EP, you know. But yeah. however, yes, this is a good question to ask. But then you're also thinking about too much of like what it is and what it will be. You need to just fucking totally. just do it. If you can continue just making music every day, that's you living your thing. Yeah. You, you have devoted your life to making music. So that's what you got to do every day. Just like, if you can just get rid of it, if you make a bit of music every day, that's great. That's what you're doing. You're living your life. You're living what you want to be doing. You, you're doing it. You know, you're already doing it. You yeah. got a studio. It's incredible. You can just make music here all day. Sure, it's not paying the bills, but maybe it will. But also just like, whatever, make music, do it. I mean, that's why we're here, no? You know, it's life could end like that. You gotta, you gotta just fucking make music, dude. That's what I try to do anyway. I mean, it's difficult and I don't always speak like this, but whenever I get going, I, I really like try and solidify the truth that the important thing is if you love making music, or you love doing anything, you just got to try to do it as much as you can. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess like I guess like the, the the big truth in 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 the reality that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing is that when we're not making music, we're kind of thinking about music, aren't we? For sure. You know, it's For like sure. 
Like even when I'm, and this is something that Caroline complains a lot about, you know, it's like, we'll go on holiday or something and I'll just be like thinking about beats, yeah, <laughs> not making yeah, beats, sure. but it's like, Oh, I, maybe if I, you know, like you get these weird rooting, yeah, yeah, rooting yeah. ideas. It's like, Ah, oh, but if I put the compressor after the reverb and then I put a thing after that and then I get yes, it, but then I send the thing the reverb. And then, or whatever, you know, and then you're like, Hell yeah. but you just get some weird ass routing idea and you're yeah, like, yeah. now I just want to go home because you want to see if you can like, yes, you want to side chain the reverb channel, side chain that reverb channel. Boy. Oh, it's a good vibe. So she have a really long reverb with lots of shit going in. It's like, yeah, it's a vibe. Do you, do you ever do multiband side chaining? No, haven't got into that yet. I understand it and I bet it's useful, but I'm still just not quite there to sidechain those certain bands of frequencies. Yeah. Um, I do that. I do that quite a lot with like sidechaining, like the kick to the bass. Yes. So like that the bass only ducks in like the low range. Yes. So you still get like on stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. It started for me actually using it. Like the first time that I thought of it to do it, I didn't watch a tutorial or something. It was actually just for, yeah, it was mixing. I think it was mixing an old record of ours. And it was just like, fuck, you know, like I'm listening to these like records and I'm like, I don't know. It just feels like that's happening, you know? Mm. And I think that is what's happening with a lot of things. But also, have you ever used an analog compressor? No. Like an actual analog compressor? Not really. No. They kind of tend to do that somehow. Right. Like if you push more things, if you push multiple things into a compressor, it like whichever free, whichever like whichever frequency band is the most prominent like it kind of gets pushed down you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. like so so yeah it's not just like oh if the if it's a bassy signal and like it hits the ceiling there like all years bass it actually just pushes that down and starts like so it kind of does yeah. does do that push and pull on a frequency specific chaining with uh side chaining with an analog compressor can be done yeah of course I remember doing it in audio school one day and I was like, whoa, dude. Yeah. But still, Ableton sidechain, sure. Whatever, Ableton compressor, glue compressor, all day. But you sidechain with Ableton's compressor? Yeah. Because I've been getting a little bit more now, and I haven't been doing that much just because, just workflow-wise, I like I use the Pro like the Pro 8 and like the, oh, the EQ8 and like ableton compressor all day long you know mm. even though i have the fab filter pro q and i love it you know and i've got other flavor eqs and i love it but in terms of just like oh, most of the times you just want to cut some lows out or do like what, whatever you know yeah but um it does make a difference dude like because yeah. the, if you do like quite quick attack times and quite quicker release times and you start getting quite heavy on the threshold like mm. the ableton compressor side chains quite clicky right you know it gets what well, maybe i'm just setting it in wrong probably yeah, yeah. i don't fucking know shit but like yeah, I don't really know. I'm yet to try these, but I, I bet, I bet there is, you know, I definitely believe that there's a better um, audio, audio value in, in these, you know, better plugins. But I mean, then you look at somebody like Tor, yes. you know, who, that boy hasn't had a third party plugin in his whole fucking life, I don't think. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> and he makes, I mean, he's yeah, an amazing he's phenomenal. producer, you phenomenal know, producer. like you yeah, really yeah. with Ableton, like you really actually don't practice, need, dude. need practice. shit, dude. You I mean, you don't, you know, I was with Yuri today and he does use third party plugins, but EQ and compression, Ableton plugins, dude, he doesn't use fair filter EQs. There's no need. You've got like the mid side, left, right, all that. It's fine. I mean, it's maybe you can be a lot more precise with these 
fairfield to eqs and stuff but again i can't really afford to just buy an eq and it's also just going to just cause more cpu somewhere i'll just use ableton because i'm not really you know i'm not that until like the f- totally dude. fidelities of these well, dude, certain frequencies. It also it also makes a difference with what kind of source material you're working with. Mm. Like because when you're like an electronic music producer mm. and you use like fucking either really high quality samples mm. or like really good sources of synths mm. or really shitty YouTube fucking rips because mm. you want that fucking lo-fi sound Hell yeah. all the sources are exactly the kind of origin that you want yep. whereas like if you need to polish somebody else's turd and they send you some record that they fucking yes. recorded in the basement yeah, yeah that's yeah. when that's when it comes in but that's when it starts like it's true be- like starts coming in boss. yeah then uh. that that that's when it starts like becoming a bit handy but like for the most part dude you got everything you need dude in ableton it's mm. so crazy mm. like except for like waves Reverbs. I'm deep into Arverb, bro. Arverb is tight. Dude, but have you checked out the convulsion reverb? No, what is that? That's Ableton. Like, it's like... Uh, ah. It's like... Because uh, you got the suite, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just download that shit, dude. Wait, what do you mean? Where do you get it from? Well, if you have the suite, then you can download the pack. Then you have it. Ah, it's called convulsion. Convul- so, so, okay. So, in terms of reverb... Convolution. Are- convulsion. I don't know what it's Con, I'm just I think it's called the con- confuse you. <laughs> I think it's called the convulsion reverb. So 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 it's an impulse response reverb. So you get like algorithmic reverbs, which is like the thing where you can say exactly what your like yes. diffusion is yeah, and what's the pre-delay yeah, and yeah, like yeah. what's the decay and what's like the EQ on the thing and all those things. Yeah. And then you get impulse response reverb, which is literally them like recording claps in like actual spaces and then using algorithms to like fucking make Imitate it a reverb. That, you know? Right. So like 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 the um what's Logic's built-in reverb the big one what's that called again? Out of space. No 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 like the and I have it here. No, no I just use out of space because Nicholas Charles. Oh Logic. Um the space, space designer, designer dude. That's also woo. That's also an impulse response reverb. Fuck so, yeah. So bro. so that's like. But those ones, you can only, you, you have to load like an algorithm. You have to load like the impulse. Yeah. And then you can maybe like make it 20% shorter, or 20% longer, you know? Right. So like, that's like the limitation, but it's like super. Yeah. yeah. And the Ableton, the, the convulsion reverb is a whole bunch of really good impulses, right. good spaces. Cool. So I would, I would recommend that. Yeah. But I'm, I've been really, reverb wise, I've been really getting into, to Realm. 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 Like the native instruments one. Ah. Very good. Right. I don't have any native instruments plugins. I got the complete. I can, I can recommend it. I was going to say, I think you're going to say you could share it. Nah, sorry. No, I bought, no I bought way. it. I, I bought it. I bought like complete seven when I was like uh, doing, studying electronic music production. Uh-huh. Like I got like academic discount. And right. Last, yes. And then end of last year with a black Friday vibe. Oh, I, nice. For $99. I yes. like upgraded because oh, I just, yeah. I just actually wanted to, to get form. I wanted to get the, the granular synthesizer. And oh, I was yeah. like buying like it was like as much to upgrade the whole thing as it was to buy it. So yeah, yeah, yeah I feel you. Yeah, I'm I'm deep into um, chamber uh, on Arvib. Okay, <laughs> it's just one preset they have. It's this is chamber, but it sounds really just. It just sounds good. But I think Arvib is also an impulse response reverb because it's real verb, right? That's what it stands for. I guess so. Or reverb. <laughs> 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 R-E-Reverb Yeah, I don't know 
Yeah, I don't know. Plugins are weird. But, but you got UAD though. I have the Apollo Twin, yes, but I don't use many of the plugins when I'm making music on Ableton, to be honest. I actually don't use any of them. I only use them when I'm playing live because you can put the plugins on the on the Impact, sound card yeah. itself. So because when I'm playing guitar and singing live, um, I don't have to put my guitar through Ableton and I don't have to put my vocal through Ableton. So I can, I download, I bought uh, an amp simulator plugin yeah, by yeah. UAD, the Engel, whatever, some Engel. Okay, so you can have it because you have the, the internal routing thing. It doesn't actually even go through Ableton. No. But it still has got all your effects and you your delays. You can just use the Apollo as a, a mic preamp. You don't even have to plug it into a computer. Yeah. It just, it's just live. It's just got the real preamp in there going all, all the time. So that's really helpful, you know. Especially with vocals, I can compress them and put a nice EQ and a nice reverb on the vocal without having to have latency and worry about all that kind of crap. It's just straight through. It doesn't have to do anything. Nothing wow. to do with the computer. It's such a hassle-free dude because, i want it so bad because like going through ableton and back out you know, the latency and you know, but you want to have a higher sound buffer size because your computer will freak out but you need it's all this you just don't have to worry about that the guitar has um as well as the combination of pedals that i have going into this amp simulator plugin it's just it's really good you know it's, but it's, do, you, do you take it then but then that still comes out of the of the one two like of your stereo mix uh yeah so you have to mix with more headroom. Yes, yes. So, but that's not hitting a limiter. So you'd like that's kind of a bit of a, like yeah. If, you just watch. You just watch the inputs. You yeah. just don't have it too hot. You yeah. Know, I'll generally. I'm whenever I'm doing a live set, I'm playing guitar as well as Ableton. I'm constantly going up and down with the volumes yeah. of the mic and the and the yeah. guitar. I just just however. I mean, the ideal that the, that the reason I didn't get the or I didn't get the Apollo is because I don't have the money. But like. It's also because I, I really want to get the X4 because the Apollo just is a little bit limited in terms of ins and outs. You yes. Because if you had like four outs, yeah. you could take your guitar and voice out on like it's second true. one and you have it on the second track of the DJ desk. So like you actually exactly. have... Exactly. Like, it's, not, it's not an RME, that's for sure. But yeah, RME would be sick because you can just do multiple outs. And I've seen people do kick one channel on the DJ mixer and then you know, everything else and then... Yeah. But having your kick on one channel is pretty badass yeah. <laughs> when you're in the club. Um, but it means you kind of have to have a whole DJ mixer to yourself, which is can be done in most clubs, in big clubs. Yeah. But uh, I don't have time for that shit. So I just kind of roll with it. And the, the, the amount of time that I've been playing a live set out in clubs has been just over a year now. Um, the first one was at Fusion last year, obviously. Yo, that was a banger. It was a good one. Yeah, it was, it was a crazy one. That's what changed everything um, in a way. Over the times of playing, you hear how you hear how Cesar's the, fucking yeah. pedal fucking out, dude. Oh yeah, God damn it! Oh God, that was fine. No, that was the year before. Oh, was that the year before? That was 2018. That oh, was a wild one. That was that was sick. a very wild one. Um, but yes, hearing the music in the club helps you just adjust it. Like also on the fly when you're in the goddamn club. Like I'm in the club. There's people dancing, and I'm trying to adjust the, an EQ on the master just to scoop some more lows out, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, quickly, let me just screw over the EQ, like as if I'm making beats, but I'm in the club and it's happening live. Um, and then when you get home, and, and over the over the year of being able to do that, I've gotten the set to a, a good sounding yeah, it space. Sounds, you know, it sounds Because you learn how it sounds. Yeah. I think our our jam together like sound sound wise pretty is, good. Is, I mean, I also did a bit of mixing myself. You yes. know, the thing. It made Hell it, yeah, made it look sound. But it's like your beats were fucking. They were they were powerful. Thanks, bro. They're that powerful. Was, it, was yeah. a, it was a beautiful jam. I've managed to build somewhat of a new live set out of most of that stuff. 
Amazing. These are the bass lines yeah, yeah. recorded. Some of them are actually not as good as what I thought they were on the night, but um, in context, I think they were fine. Yeah. yeah. Now when, it's, when I come back to like working on it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do something more interesting, which I'm stoked to have this Moog Minotaur now to be able to have another bass synth and just yeah. get lost in it. Um, yeah, dude. No, building a live set is, is, is a lot of work. Such so much work, dude. And that's also kind of why I did this live improvisational setup is because I was so far away from being ready to play and I just want to play. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? For so, sure. it's, so it's just like, like, for sure. Because a lot of it is homework. You know, you see people yeah. like, like Felix or whatever that has like a great live set, but that guy spent nights through like yeah, just yeah. tweaking. Yeah, it's yeah. a certain kind that's of disposition great. to be able but to. It, it pays off in the end. His yeah. shit sounds fucking incredible. He's yeah. like unreal. Yeah, um, I'm having him and I are doing the next jam. Nice, that's going to be special. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting really great. I'm like, just like, I'm just like, like blatantly getting the sickest producers. Yeah, in with just like getting all the homies. Like and getting them in, and then hopefully at some point my music will also be cool. You know, uh, it's just a matter of time, bro. Yeah, bro. Still take your time. It's just practice. All it is. Yeah, all dude. It is practice. For sure, bro. But um, so you. Are you, are you, are not sessioning? I mean, you can't session for anybody now. Sure I can. Hire me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know I mean? uh, Harry Fire, hit him up. No, I don't know. I, yeah. I think I have too much of a very particular style, which is my own style. And then I don't know if people like it. Like. You're kind of in that, like John Mayer, Stevie Ray Vaughan kind of sure, like. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sound. Yeah. With your, with your playing. Yes, but I have a very specific way of doing things. And often it's always like, oh, can you just like do something? You know, can you do it? Can you do it like this maybe? And I, I wanted to, I was going to play. Do you guitar. take offense when people no, ask? Okay. No, no, no. No, I got over that years ago. Because um, that's just a stupid ego thing. But I was asked to play guitar for this guy and it was going well. And we were having some sessions together, just like me learning the songs and thinking about parts that I could do, like guitar parts. And I thought it was going really well. We were having like a good connection musically. Um, but then one day he didn't, he decided that he didn't want me there anymore just because, I don't know, it wasn't the right sound. And also before that he'd asked like, can you just play like the guitarist from Big Thief? And I was like, nah, not really, bro. I'm not, I'm not the guitarist from Big Thief. I'm just doing what I do. Um, so yeah, the session stuff, because I feel like session guitarists, you know, a lot of them just like read whatever they have to play and they play it perfectly. Whereas I don't play like a classic like blues guy or a classic like rock guy. On this, the the way that I play, I feel is just how I do it. And so often when it comes to playing with other people, it's um it can be hard to adapt sometimes. Or like I have to just kind of watch what I do. Or I can't be completely myself, which is I think I found difficult in being a session guitarist. It depends on how open they are to me doing what I feel like doing. But if they have a good view on what they want, then that's also easy. But sometimes you'll have like an in-between where the person likes what you do, but they're also not sure what they really want. And so then that can become difficult because you're like, okay, well, this or this or yeah, this. A, but it's like the same thing with like working in advertising, you know, like oh, yeah. it's like like people people have no idea what they want, but they know exactly what they don't want when they hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a weird, it's a weird construct. It's a weird thing. Yeah. But I mean, um, like luckily... Luckily, I guess you're like surviving off of the royalties of that song you wrote with Alice. <laughs> not quite, not yet, not yet. We don't have to get into that. But it's uh, I'm not making any money just yet. I'm surviving off of the royalties of my guitar playing, which is uh, from playing on the streets and you know 
shit, I don't know what the hell I'm surviving on. I'm surviving regardless, which is fine, which is good, you know, which is absolutely gold, to be honest. Yeah, dude, no, I'm also somehow, somehow surviving. I must say I like fucking mailed the whole world like two days ago, two days and the day before trying to get back on the the advertising audio post-production horse. By the way, if anybody is out there and looking for sound design and audio post-production services, please uh, I mean, it's it's a new new world of like trying to figure out how to make money, that's for sure. Yeah, dude. Since there's no gigs or anything, but... For the foreseeable future. It's it's also such a weird like thing because this was like my year to like do electronic music and figure out... Everyone's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you've been like started performing as an electronic musician like two years ago right like or a little bit more even i would say last june was the time last i mean you that. played at fusion two years ago i know but it wasn't me it was all of tours beats yeah okay cool i was just kind of leading the, the thing yeah yeah but it was sick but i would i would say that i started doing it so i also was considering 2020 to be this year where i could like break into a little more and it was gonna happen too there was lots of shows booked and rah rah, rah but it just fucking corona yeah now it's like but now it feels like oh maybe i should just be like making a singer songwriter album because you can go and play in people's living rooms at some point true that has encouraged um street performing a lot more this year because i remember earlier this year just thinking i'm not gonna busk this year there's no way i'm gonna be way too busy are there lots of people on the street busking not where i am but i do think there are buskers out there yeah I mean, yeah. it's summertime. It's, it's definitely yeah. happening. Yeah, but I, I haven't been to this, the, the old regular spots. I'm just spending my time out in the West. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, I mean, the tourist spots are just, like, not a vibe. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, there are... I've been around, like, Eastside Gallery and, and Museum Island. I've seen those places. And there are still people traveling around. You know, there's people within Germany that travel. There are people within Europe that are traveling to Berlin still. I see tourists all the time, actually. And I'm always thinking, how do you... What are you... You know? I was in a bar last night. In a bar... <laughs> I was in a bar last night and there were these five American people and they were definitely tourists. But I was just thinking, what do you, how do you, how are you here? You know, what are you up to? Because they were saying they have to get the M8 and then the U8 home or the U8 and then the M8. And I was like, okay, so you were staying in Prince Albert, I guess. Okay. Were they coughing? No, no, no. They were, coughing, <laughs> they were chill. They were, they were just hanging out. Nothing against them. But I was like, you're definitely not from here. But yeah. How are you? So guess people are still traveling but yeah i'm not playing in the tourist spots at the moment i'm, yeah. I'm out in the west where the, the money business, is the business people where the money is baby yeah yeah boy yeah the west we should have done it years ago mate i i did that a bit charlottenburg yeah yeah but like just uh like Leroy and i played quite regularly at the you know where the terrorist attack was where yes. they like that spot yes Kurfürstendamm. Yeah, Dam. that was like a spot we played a lot that's a good spot still i think yeah there's yeah. you know yesterday i was going there and i saw like one guy in this nice ferrari and then i saw another red lamborghini yeah sure parked up and the then only problem is like, that the only problem is it's like quite often closed for like markets or like stuff yeah, like yeah. you get there and it's like oh shit i can't play here yes Yes, so I'm lucky to have this Uno scooter at the moment so I can just zip out there with my amp and then not have to worry about spending an hour getting there because um, it takes me 20 minutes to, to drive there and I just sit up and play for an hour and a half and then just drive back. Yeah, that's And I'm sick. back in the hood within 20 minutes Yeah, that's... instead of the Uber. So it's a luxury. But I only have the Uno scooter until the end of July. And then? And then pff, we're going to try and work a way to like get me an, an Uno sponsorship somehow. I don't know how it's going to work. <laughs> Is this, make is this up. Olivia's idea? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like this whole thing. We're going to do like a video and everything. Okay. We were talking about it last night, but we definitely need to do it because I definitely need the Uno scooter to... It's just so handy for getting musical gear around and everything. Yeah, know? totally. Do. I don't want to be going on no trains right now. 
No, me neither. I actually have a, it's also a project that I've needed to really do. Cause I, I have a trailer for my bike. Ah. And like a small, I just want to build a box for it. Yeah, dude, for sure you can do that. Yeah, because then I, it's actually something that I've always wanted to do is like go busking just by bicycle. Bro, busking on the bike is a huge vibe. Because you can find the spot as it you're going. It is the best. Because you can just go like, oh, this looks nice. I'm going to yeah, just play here. Totally. You know? it's, it's a game changer. It's such a game. I, I was doing the cycle thing for a few years and that was just huge. You know, sure, it would take me 40 minutes to cycle to Mitte, but it was just the best because it was sunny, it was warm and then I would cycle home at night when it's nice and chilled and quiet and... You know, another train bullshit lifting a trolley. I was just mobile. Yeah, dude. It was mobile. It's just like... Dude, you're inspiring me. I'm going to build this box this weekend. You should definitely build the box and then start hitting the streets again because there's some good money to be made because there's also no traveling buskers. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's true. You know, like, I don't know what... I was considering going to Mower Park on Sunday just to see what it was like. Um... But I'm not sure if that's going to be a place still. Shame, because Mile Park used to be, yeah? Mile Park used to be the goddamn business on a Sunday. Oh, dude, Mile Park was gorgeous, dude. <laughs> oh, the good old days. Dude, it's eh? crazy to think, like, we're still not that, like, that old in Berlin, you know, no. technically speaking. I mean, we've been here for some time now. Yeah. And, like, even we're talking about the good old days, when Varsha still had an S-Bahn that you could play on, or, yeah, like, when yeah, Mile yeah. Park was still a place you could go and yeah, bask, yeah. you know? Now it's just like, Otherwise, yeah. These are also the good old days. Yeah, we'll at least. Look back yeah, on. exactly. At least Google didn't come to town. Google didn't come to town. Make noise against Google it worked. Yeah, it was a good initiative. Yeah, but yeah. Mile Park, rest in peace. I mean, but I think people are still playing there. So a friend. Yeah, was yeah, sure. I also saw. Go. I saw. What's it? What's her name again? Julia Pagali. Yeah, but she's good. Yeah, she's, she's good. very good. I wanted to see her, but I was my foot was a bit sore, so I didn't cycle the whole way. Mm. But uh, busking, trailer, that's a good idea. I'm going to make it, going to make it happen. So tell me, Harry, um, where, where, what's up? What's coming? Like, what's the plan? Like, where can people get your shit? You got, dude, I'm like, literally the Instagram is just the whole time. It's like double releases <laughs> on the same day. And it's yeah, like, dude, it's crazy. Um, all uh, these releases, just people just started hitting me up saying, can you make, can you do a remix or can you make this or whatever? So there's been a lot of releases recently. It's all on Spotify, Harry Charles on Spotify. There's also, there's another Harry Charles, some English kid who's making some fuck kind that of guy, dude. shitty pop music. But sure, bless him, whatever, it doesn't matter. Fuck that guy. But, Harry uh, Charles, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, bro. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> nah, jokes. You're all good, very good, a good name, so you're fine. Um, but uh, yeah, Spotify is definitely becoming more of a thing than SoundCloud because originally SoundCloud was the thing, but Spotify is just what everyone's listening to music on these days. So, 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 so. so Spotify, Harry Charles, and if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you'll always find the links whenever I post a thing about a song. Um, the links are always there. So coming up, we have, um, there's a track coming out with the collective, the Fan Up Collective, some compilation they're doing um, that's coming out soon, I guess. And then there is another remix for this French guy and some other dude coming out with a label called Souk Records from Jordan, some label in Jordan. And then there is, um, I want, there's another request for some track for some Israeli label, but I don't think I'm going to do that because I don't have time for, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have time for 4,000 SoundCloud followers. Thank you. I need 40,000. <laughs> no, that's a joke. But dude, but, you're so connected. You know, how do you fucking get all these labels? I don't know. Bro? People are writing to me. Yeah. This is why I'm like, I don't get it. But I mean, it's to be on, to be fair, like you have been putting yourself out there for a long time. Yeah. Like this, this is, this 
podcast and us jamming together and all the stuff that I'm starting to release soon. This is me starting to do yeah, that. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it's, that, that, it's that's just, only from through doing that that the opportunities. Yeah, come. yeah, exactly. You just got to do it. Um, and then there's also um, a label Akumandra. You know them mm-hmm. from New York. Well, you told me about doing. They want, they want to do a release as well, so I might do like an EP for them, which is cool. And then I guess an album at some point, maybe next year. I don't know what it'll be. Anyway, I'm going to keep making music and hopefully I'm going to make more money with it in a way, even though that's not the main purpose, but still it will be nice to get a little more cash. And there's a couple of shows here and there. Um, the one show is in October for this festival in Paris called Ritual Off, which is some big names on the lineup, which I'm kind of stoked about. Christian Lofer, whatever. Yeah, that guy. Christian Lofer, Krusen's playing. Acid Arab is playing uh, Jan Blanc, Blancvist, this guy. <laughs> you know this guy? No. Uh, it's just like big player tech, Burning Man, DJ people. Nice. Um, but yeah, there's music coming out and it means a lot to me. It doesn't matter if it doesn't mean anything to anyone else, but um, it's going to always be on the internet. Yeah, but that's the only person you need to it make. It will always be on the internet forever. This is the crazy thing. I feel like Spotify is going to be around for a long time. And everything's just going to stay on there. Totally. You know, that's quite, a, it's like, a, it's like this, this, it's going to be this ancient digital library of music one day where there's just going to be everything. You know, there's still, there's music from all way back in the fifties when recording music was becoming a thing. I think a lot of these big record companies that have been around for decades are just starting to upload all the stuff. Like I was going through last night, a lot of swing, the kind of like 1950s pop, swing groups there's like singing quartets and barber quartets and you know all these bands like the diamonds and the the eclectics and all these kinds of names and this whole this whole age of these like pop groups you know where they were just given songs you know um and all these record labels are now just uploading all this music to the to spotify and there's all this music from all of these bands that you've never heard of these groups that you never heard of they all sound the same because they're all from this realm and they were just products of these massive labels that could just put money into three kids who can sing that just give them a bunch of songs record them put it out boom done seven inch there you go none of them you know none of them made anything out of it but they were a product of these labels and now you can find all this music on spotify so i think that's just going to keep happening for the next couple of decades you know there's going to be all this music anyone can put any music on spotify now too just go pay for the distribution and then boom you have your tracks on on spotify i know so no, I mean, Spotify, be... they, they need to make their money to be able to pay Joe Rogan, you know? Yeah, big ups to Joe Rogan. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. This is what I'm inspired about. I wouldn't be able to do this podcast right now if it wasn't for listening to so much Joe Rogan. It's helped me um, understand what it means to converse with the person. Yeah, dude. Do you ever um, listen to the Duncan Trussell show? No, I haven't. I don't Gee. listen to any other podcasts. Big ups to Joe Rogan podcast. Nice. Joe, if you're listening, love yeah, you, bro. Dude. <laughs> what is it? just talking about MMA fighters. Hey, yo, Jamie, just pull that up. <laughs> Jamie. Hey, Jamie, pull young, it up. Young Jamie. There's a, there's, a, there's a compilation video of him asking Jamie to pull it up. There's all these different clips. He's like, uh, Jamie, just pull it up. Hey, pull up. Uh. He just says pull up, like whatever yeah. the guys are searching. Um, for anyone that doesn't heard Joe Rogan's podcast, they're kind of funny. Yeah, um, truthfully, if you don't know Joe Rogan's podcast, then you're probably not from 2020. Or you're probably not a boy. Because I feel like mostly boys just listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah, it's very manly. It's very manly. Which is whatever, I guess. 
it can be a problem, but it could just be a normal thing. Who knows? Yeah, it's a it's 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 a problematic time to be to be manly. Yeah, I mean it's, it's problematic times. Yeah, mm. it's true. I want another beer. Yeah, me too. Shall we? Shall we wrap it up and have one? Let's wrap it up and have one. Dude, thanks so much for coming up. I really yeah. enjoyed talking. I'm really stoked on fucking New Zealand Idols. Fucking oh, vibe, God. Like fucking exclusive. Yeah, exclusive here. The on exclusive the, information. On the Boomla TV podcast. I'll show you the video of the, yeah, rock, dude. the rock quest. Maybe we can put a link to the video. Dude, okay, cool. Yeah. So, the- so Harry Charles, fucking great musician, great producer. All the links are going to be in the show notes. And a link to Harry Charles's performance um, of that he was talking about him being a baby is going to be in the show notes yes. as well. Big up YouTube 2008. Yeah. Sick. All right. Cheers. 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 Cheers.